I wanna I wanna start in a very weird way, yeah? So let's talk as if we are like talking to, to each other, yeah? Like mm-hmm. we're not actually recording, okay? Yeah. Okay, we're starting I start, okay? No no I start. I start. Okay, you start. Okay, you you start, you start, it's okay. <laughs> I, I I will follow up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to No Boundaries, and this is the Who's Next series, with ABD and Fardan. In this series, we interview young professionals who have lived, studied, and worked in more than one country. So Fardan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good as well. It's a bit busy, but yeah, I'm doing fine. So who are we interviewing today? I mean, last time we said uh, episode 10, we would interview you and then it will be followed by me. So it's going to be me this week. Oh, right, right. I, I, I must have forgot. Anyways, so Fadan, could you give us a short introduction about who you are and what, where did you grow up? How many countries did you go to, etc.? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, everyone must know by now that my name is Fardan and uh, I'm originally from India, but I was uh, born and raised in UAE or United Arab Emirates uh, or Dubai for the outside world because not uh, many people know what UAE is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've lived in UAE most of my life. I've uh, lived in different cities. Uh, I'll in Abu Dhabi and uh, before I left UAE, I lived in Dubai. And uh, yeah, that's how my life was. I used to visit India uh, sometimes, uh, probably once a year. So I've lived in UAE, India, and now I'm currently in Sweden. I'm doing my, I just started my second year master's in uh, materials engineering. I study at uh, Sharmur. University of Technology in, in Gothenburg. So yeah, I have done mechanical engineering and I've worked for uh, like a short span, like about a year, and then I did, started my master's. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, so I've lived in UAE, India, and Sweden, roughly three countries. Can you tell us about an interesting thing that happened during your early, like during your childhood? Early thing, yes, let's go back to like, let's say like when I was like seven, eight years old. Like, you know, you have this uh, typical, uh, I'll say it Asian mentality, like all, all everyone around you uh, are interested on what you're going to be when you grow up. Like you usually end up asking these questions. And you know, like, it's yeah, usually, know. It, it usually should be either like, you know, something related to doctor or engineer. Otherwise, you know, people get uh, disheartened, um, hearing that you want to be something else. So, I mean, like, as far as I remember, I've, you know, like, I've always been interested in cars and like, you know, 
whichever like toys i get uh, i guess i use it for like one two weeks and uh, next week you know it's in different parts i remove it in parts and i end up seeing what's inside so yeah most of the time that's what i ended up doing and for some reason i always like cars and i decided i want to be in uh, i wanted to become an engineer so when people asked me what i wanted to become i always remembered that i said i want to be an engineer which i guess uh, made them happy uh, or not i'm not sure but yeah that's what i have always wanted to be an engineer so that's what i am now i guess did you did you ever when when you when you bought when you when you bought any cars any toy cars did you mm-hmm. ever to like break it and see how it, how it's working or did you have an interest to like break things and fix them again uh, as far as i remember i don't uh, from my childhood i don't remember that i broke anything then i fixed it back because the first time i remember was when i broke it and then like you know maybe for some reason like some it was a car it stopped functioning so that i took the motor out and uh, like my uh, my father uh, is like from a physics background so he knows uh, like some stuff about what's going on like even in physics and engineering so like that was the first time like uh, the motor that was taken out and he kind of made something like a fan uh, if i remember and like once we took a battery and we connected it like it started spinning and that was like like a moment for me i was like okay so this is what was you know running the entire thing inside so like that's how uh, things went like i don't remember breaking and fixing anything when i was young but like towards like teenagers like i used to do things like that because i used to participate in some like you know science exhibitions and stuff so where you had to like and uh, do some uh, projects which involved something uh, like you know motors or you know something else related to engineering so that's when like i you know i used to break things apart uh, from different places and then use that to build something so i've done things like you know like building hovercraft from you know ventilation uh, machines from pcs then I've used like I remember like I broke apart a motor and like you know took the copper coils and then used like you know a lot of magnets and then to show that like you know how an electric motor works so, like you have an electromagnet and then you have magnetic field and to show that yes this is how um uh, like a motor works so yeah is long as i remember i have always been interested in like you know physics and uh, math a bit on the biology side um, but not that much and chemistry a bit too but it was mostly physics always for me physics and math that's really interesting an engineer before even getting into university mm-hmm. i mean yeah some people do have like do participate in these competitions but what made you like go into these were you like encouraged by your parents or school what what happened 
Uh, I think it, w- it was like in uh, like around fifth or sixth grade. Like it was both, like both the school and the uh, parents. But like first, it was like uh, it was my school. My school encouraged um, like s- students. Like at least my, uh, I don't know if it was school or it was my class teacher, but. It was my class teacher, I guess she was like in, it was in fifth grade. Uh, I had the same class teacher from, I think second until, uh, fifth grade. So, she was like really close, uh, with my uh, mother and like she, I mean still like my mother uh, met her recently and she was like, she asked like how I was doing. So she still kind of remembers my entire class. So, she encouraged uh, students to participate um, and the fascinating thing was she was not even a science teacher she was my english teacher and uh, her name was uh, brinda and uh, she was the one who encouraged people uh, from my class to participate in the competition it was like a it was called idea uh, competition and it was going to be held in my school so they obviously wanted people to participate she was the one who encouraged and that's when like I took up that electric motor project because I mean you see motor inside like a casing but you don't know how it functions and everything so that's when I took up that project and I kind of got help from my father also like because you need to get stuff like you know you need powerful magnets and stuff and you kind of help in building that so it's kind of overall so it was school teacher and my parents who kind of you know encouraged in this uh, scientific projects yeah I'm, I'm sure i'm sure you're gonna have to tell her about this episode tell your teacher about this episode as i know that uh, as we both know how important it is uh, when we meet or when we get together with a good mentor who like advises us and tells us what we need to fix and how to do it yeah. Um so how was how was your overall school experience? I mean like for the most of my school life like I spent close to 10 years in Abu Dhabi in Abu Dhabi Indian school. So as long as I remember like you know uh, I was kind of the guy who didn't participate in a lot of sports. I used to do some sports like you know football and stuff. I was kind of the squad guy who did not uh, get into a lot of you know what can you say things that take your attention away like all those kinds of stuff if I want to put it in one nutshell so you probably understand what are those I was just a guy like you know like studying like you know going back do some sports here and there play some video games and stuff but then that as long as I remember there was only one turning point because I wasn't always the guy who was studying so it was like in the fifth or sixth grade in, I studied in CBSE in which there is a big jump in, uh, difficulty level, I would say. So that's when I found out because I used to keep everything towards the end and then study. And I found, found that in sixth grade, it was becoming really hard. And my mother told me one thing. It's like, just try to study things that have been taken like in every day, uh, just try to revise it the same day. So in that thing, in that way, you don't have to, like, you know, suffer in the end. So that was like one turning point, And I've 
followed that uh, almost till today that I do that. I don't like to put things until the end. Um, it's like don't try to put things off until the end. Just try to do them uh, when it's kind of fresh in your mind so that you can get it done. I guess that's two lines. That's that's an interesting way to describe your school life. It's it's like giving students or giving listeners and viewers an advice, and at the same time, it was your experience. So, would you send your kids to the same school if you're given a chance? If it is the same school, the same management that I was used to, then probably yes. I would send them there again if I were to live in UAE. I yes. see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you were to live in the UAE, right? But if it was a similar system in Sweden, let's say, would you send them to that? Um, no, I would prefer them to go to a, like a, like a Swedish or the education system which is from Swedish and I would even refrain from sending them to an international because I mean it's it was kind of something that you know not my just my parents but all the Indian parents that what they did was they kind of put all their student uh, all their kids in an Indian school because you know it, uh, living in UAE wasn't permanent right even you know that so there's going to be some point of time you need to go back to India and in India it's predominantly you know we don't have like we have some IBs and you know things like that but it's predominantly Indian syllabus so it's CBSE syllabus so that's why most of the Indians you would see like 85 to 90% of them would end up studying in an Indian system because once you go back uh, if you study in some other system, it's going to be harder for you to adjust in India because the CBC is known to be really hard. But then like if I were to live somewhere outside and if I know that that country is kind of stable, for example, in a European country where I'm going to stay for a longer time, I would send my kids to a uh, school system which is in that uh, it's within that country, so it's like in Swedish, Sweden, it's be a Swedish school. If it's in German, it'll be like a German school system. In that way, like, you know, like, they also kind of get to know the culture and like, you know, the language is going to be easier for them. And later on, like, and even if they want to end up studying uh, bachelors or something in that you know, country, it's because, you know, most of the bachelors is in the local language. It's going to be easier for them. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Like if we're living like right now we're both living in Europe and I I mean I have I have a different opinion about school in general but uh if I if I had the that opinion of like sending my kids to school I would send them to like German or Swedish schools. You're right. And I don't think the uh the reason why like Indian or foreign parents used to send their kids to like international schools was the fact that the country wasn't stable but it's, it was also like um 
how do you say it? Like the the schools, or like the the United Emirates United Arab Emirates schools were not that great. Like they were not highly ranked, they were not highly known, and no one really knows what's going to happen to them if they graduate from that from those schools. Like, are you going to join a university in the UAE or are you going to leave? Like, it, it, I don't know. To, to yeah, that, that's that's the thing, right? Like, because most of them, like, let's say, like, 50 to 60 percent of them who study school in India, they end up leaving outside. So they either go back to India or they just go to, like, you know, the Europe or the U.S., North America to do the for higher education. So CBSE was a safe side because it's really well known and it's known to be hard so people really know uh, about it yeah yeah exactly so after high school like i know i know you've said that you liked cars and like when you were young like used to like cars and when whenever anyone asked you you said you wanted to become a mechanical engineer or an engineer uh mm -hmm. why mechanical engineering like why not architectural or civil engineering? Uh, good question. And uh, so like, as I was saying, like I didn't do my final high school in Abu Dhabi. So my final two years was in Dubai. I studied in Indian high school. So during the, those two years, uh, I took a subject. It was called engineering drawing because mostly most of the schools, at least CBC schools, they have only like either computer science or like you do biology or stuff. But I knew that I wanted to be, be an engineer and it's, uh, I wasn't sure if it should be in mechanical because I had an option for like, you know, automotive and I had even idea for mechatronics. So it was during those two years where I took that engineering drawing because we, you do sub drawings of like, you know, we did this in first year of mechanical engineering. It's like, you know, drawing on the paper. Um, so we did draw like bearings and like, you know, different kinds of uh, mechanical components. So it was during that uh, two years that I realized that uh, I should lean towards the mechanical and automotive side uh, a bit more. But then I decided to go with uh, mechanical because I looked up at, you know, automotive and it wasn't that far from mechanical and mechanical was a kind of a bit more broader degree because if you do automotive you'll be known to that known like you would want to work on only like you know automotive vehicles but then if you have mechanical like your options are really broad like you can work in the energy sector you can work in automotive you can work in like you know robotics so it was kind of really a broad option which uh, made me decide to do mechanical engineering. And like, yeah, that was my teacher also who taught uh, engineering drawing. Her name was Malti. So she was the one also who encouraged, like, you know, mechanical would also be a, a better option. Because almost everyone who did that course, you know, ended up doing at least 50% went into mechanical, but, you know, other people went into architecture. Because we had, like, you know, topics of, like, you know, like, the normal drawings that we did was using, like, tools, like, you know, 
uh, drafter and uh, scales and you know, all the stuff. But there were some people like who did freehand drawing, so like they used to sketch freehand, and they had the artistic skills, I would say. So they, I felt that they would be better for architecture, and I did not have those artistic skills, and like, I wasn't interested in architecture also. And neither in civil engineering. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we both were not interested in either of them, and I'm sure we also both agree that mechanical is probably the better option. I mean, I would agree. And the other thing was like I didn't wanted to do anything related to buildings. Uh, I just felt that that industry is kind of you know. Like oversaturated because, like throughout my life, I've met more civil engineers and like you know once some once I met like you know someone who's mechanical or electrical engineer, like the vibe was just really different and uh, I wanted to be or I wanted to do what they were doing because I used to ask them like what do you do and etc. They say like oh I work in oil and gas or, or I work in like you know manufacturing and. It kind of felt nice, and like with civil and architecture, it's like okay, they design stuff, they go to customer, or they'll be like change this, change that. This is what I kept hearing, and I did not like. Uh, I did not really like the nature of work because even when once we were constructing uh, a house, like you know, we, we interact a lot with architecture and civil engineers, and it just felt like. Yeah, not really. I don't want to do what they're doing. That's what that was the first impression. Like, I don't want to do what they're doing. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. I mean, so, you 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 grew up looking at one, so you have better experience. I mean, yeah, but the the thing is, I I don't know what it was. Like, I didn't really want to build houses, even if it was like I don't know. Uh, exchangeable interchangeable rooms and like you have a mechanical in- engine who's that's like changing where the rooms are like I, I know some some people are working on those concepts now but to me it, it doesn't really make sense to me like I wanted to build products build machines like I didn't really like the fact that I was gonna build houses I don't know it was just me so yeah we had like <laughs> Similar, like we don't we don't want to do this like in the future. So yeah. how was how was uh, how was life as a student at Harriet? What how did you like? What was different between the university and and school? And how were the people? Were the people different as well, or were they similar? First, like uh, yeah, Harriet Ward was like my only option for engineering that I have to say. And because, you know, it was a UK university and, you know, like it was, uh, it had a really good reputation and stuff. So once I started Harriet Ward, it kind of felt different because the first thing that I noticed was, you know, the multicultural uh, people from different cultures, from different nationalities. I wasn't used to that because uh, I, I was, I came from a predominantly Indian school, so most of the students were Indians, faculty, teachers were Indians. And like I was used to the whole Indian stuff, you know, the 
So once I moved to Harriet Ward, like you know, like I had, we had people from different nationalities. Most of them were Indians, obviously. You know that, like 50 to 60 percent were Indians. But at least, at least you had 40 percent of the people uh, from different uh, countries. So I always, you know, try to, you know, get got try to get to know them, like because I, I haven't met like people from Russia. Uh, like other countries, like what we had, like people from Syria, then we had you, Egypt, uh, some from Jordan, then who else from Philipp uh, Philippines, like, yeah, these people, like, you would have met them on street or you would have had like brief interactions, but like you studying with them, you interacting with them, people from the UK we had, and, uh, yeah, people from China, I guess, not that much, but, uh, uh, not that many, but yeah, we, we had some. So this was kind of different, like, you know, uh, that was one really striking feature of uh, Herit Ward. It's interesting how we're living during times where you have to study online instead of going to classes and meeting people. Like a question that keeps, or the, a question that's constantly there or that everyone keeps asking is, why do people go to university? Why do you think people go to university? Well, <clears throat> well, people go to university. You don't just go to, you know, study and, like, you know, gain knowledge and then yeah, go get out of the university and, like, you know, start working. But you go for the whole experience. So, like, you go for your brief interactions with the teachers, with the students, with the... Uh, faculty or university staff you get to know the whole experience like how to interact with people how to interact with people of different nationalities different cultures because you would have used to your own set of stuff like for example me or you like if you have been if you if you do what you have been doing with uh, people from your own uh, culture that would be if you do that with someone unless it can be seen as rude or like what's this person doing so you get to know of how to interact with other culture, how to talk with them. Things like that uh, are not felt in online classes. And even the, even the people who take online classes, at least at Chalmers, they actually say that this is kind of really weird for them too. And because they miss interacting with students, so it's a kind of two-way road. So you you miss both the sides, and yeah, that's this is what people are missing. And I feel really sad for people who uh, just started the university because one, they're not used to the new place, and second of all, they haven't like you know some of them didn't even go to the country or reach the country that they are studying at. And they don't know their classmates, they don't know anything. But for me, at least, like, what I spent, I got to know my classmates, and I went to classes for, like, six months, seven months. So I, I know my classmates, I know the city, I know the professors, not all of them, but some, at least most of them. And, yeah, this is what is the drawback of online classes. But, you know, we have to do what we have to do. Yeah, I guess. Um, you were you were talking like uh, you had you were <laughs> you were saying you had two reasons or two 
experiences in in university that were like significant? What was the second one? Uh, the first one was what the multicultural aspect, and uh, second one was like you know I was used to the whole like you know morning eight to five kind of school, and like when I when we went to university, it was like you just had like two hours or four hours of class, and then you were like, okay, now what do I do? So this was kind of uh, really different. So. Most of the time was, you know, ended up with like, you know, hanging out with people from our class and third, second was like, you know, that, that was like the first or second because first year wasn't so hard, but, and then like, you know, I mean, you used to come and to the class and leave, but then like I used to still stay, like, you know, talk with, uh, other guys, like hang out with them, get to know them more. So this was something really different because it felt like you're on your own and like no one is there trying to like you know uh like go attend classes because sometimes it university doesn't uh make it compulsory for you to attend classes some of them did but then you're kind of on your own so you are more open to take your decisions and mind you what decisions you take is gonna change what you turn out to be, you can either decide to go to class or you can decide to go to cafe with your friends and you know, friends are not going to be there always, so, or cafe, you can't keep end up going to cafe if you don't end up, you know, getting your degree or if you don't end up passing the course. So, yeah, that freedom was, um, freedom of taking your own choice and doing what you want, that wasn't uh, existing in school like you you were talking about how decision taking was a big aspect of joining university that's where you learned that you had to take initiative uh what like on what things did you on what activities what activities did you do at university why, why did you take them like why did you decide to take them and what skills have you gained after like participating in them yeah um yeah like first two years i didn't uh, get involved in a lot of uh, like activities and but it was most clo- more towards the third and the fourth year and i was part of uh, careers ambassadors uh, so those careers office and they wanted to like you know uh, recruit people from different uh, programs and different departments so I was the, I got selected for mechanical engineering and I guess you and there were like four, three other people that I also applied. So I was the one that, uh, they picked for what I'm still not sure. They said that it's what <laughs> we, it's what we, what's what you wrote in the cover letter. I was like, okay. And, uh, if no, I, I, I remember it was a question, right? It was like three questions and I just answered them and I got an email saying that, okay, you're, you have been selected, come for the introductory meeting. And I went, uh, so that's how it started. So it was, uh, it was just me from mechanical engineering and it was few people from chemical, electrical, some from business. So it was like roughly in the, in the beginning, it was big, like it was like 12 
13 people but then in the end it the circle got a bit smaller like six seven so i was part of that for like two years third year and not so much focused on the fourth year but like third year was most of the time that i spent in fourth year like i got a bit busy with other stuff and i, I couldn't contribute that much to that so it was just like you know they used to have a lot of different workshops and stuff so it's kind of you know passing on the information to the students and uh, encouraging them to go because they always uh, towards the end of the fourth year they'd be like panicking and stuff so like they don't have a CV they don't have a cover letter they don't know how to prepare for an interview and stuff so the main goal was like you know promoting this events within the uh, students and like also we had to like plan and organize uh, some events so, so like I had to like we had to plan like some uh, during the career fair which we have like once a year so we have to plan for that like help in organizing that so yeah these were the things that i did in career ambassador and it was fun and the other one was uh, imeki uh, we had a chapter institution of mechanical engineers uh, we had a chapter at work so I mean, I was the chair for it in my final year, so it was more of, you know, organizing some events, some competitions for students and, you know, promoting the membership because you could be an affiliate member for free and you can access all their resources, library. And yeah, I'm an associate member now for that. It's kind of nice because you have a lot of events going on and now it's kind of online. And, and you know, like IMAKI is kind of famous because they also, you know, coordinate the formula student. And like even in Sharmas, we have a formula student team and like a lot of universities have it. So it's kind of known for that name and whoever, whichever mechanical engineers, if you're from yeah, if you're studying university or if you've done studying, like, you know, consider being a member, uh, in that. And, you know, Dr. Mehdi is one who represents or is the academic liaison officer for, uh, report. So if you have anything else related to that or if you're from Heriotward, you can always contact him. And I guess the current committee is doing a good job. So coming on to the lessons that I learned, it's more of, you know, interacting with people because, uh, that's, I don't know, like I learned a lot in, of that, like in doing these two volunteering activities that I did, uh, interacting and communication, it kind of really helped me. And what else? Second was like, you know, there was a lot of planning involved, a lot of planning uh conceptualizing and like you know organizing activities and you know coordinating with other people and like you know managing people because i remember uh, discussed it last time like the events of uh, the career fair event in which like you know you we both were uh, responsible for you know the companies and like you know for organizing the other volunteers and like you know it was how heavy mechanical engineering influenced uh, volunteers uh, it was Partic so like volunteers participation yeah yeah so that was kind of nice like you know organizing people like you know like because we know we knew most of the volunteers so we knew uh, 
what they were suitable for. So it was kind of like planning stuff like, you know, Ahmad Shravan, uh, Ahmad Barbari and Shravan in the door because they are intimidating. So, you know, people wouldn't dare do some stuff. And then you had other people like, you know, there was Mohab, Carlos, Safwan, like, you know, handing out, doing the registrations and stuff. And like we had the girls do, like, you know, you know, they like to talk. So obviously you just, uh, put them like you know to interact with the people who came from companies so like the yeah. planning stuff kind of uh, improved I guess uh, like, and for IMAQ like you know we had to plan uh, events and you know like sometimes we had to interact with companies and individuals when we interacted for uh, like talks and this was kind of nice and uh, obviously like sometimes our skills were improved because we had events like you know matlab c++ and you know we had one for Adakas and ansi so like you got to know about these softwares a bit more and yeah these kinds of things like kind of improved over the last two years a lot yeah i guess i guess we shared most of the the activities that we were doing because our interests were not like sports or i don't know art it was mainly like to do with uh self-improvement i would say personal development like like during the university hours like we weren't really interested in like you know going and playing stuff we were interested in improving the other uh, aspects i guess it's just that i wasn't really uh, keen on sports because i've done it in school and i was like okay it was cool it's nice and done like yeah, it's more time to be like you know professional improve the other aspects of your life which i think we both have done and i'm proud it's not like i i, I don't it's not like i regret not playing sports i mean we had the opportunities we just weren't so keen um, in going down that path. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, like personal development and professional development, when when were you interested? When when did you find your interest in materials? Um, yeah. So like you know, like first three years is mostly the subjects we can't take i mean we can't choose a lot of subjects we just had one elective uh it, it was either automotive or energy right but in fourth year you can it was a really wide uh what wide options or a lot of options that you could choose from and obviously it was number one option was materials for me yeah because i felt that we had some materials in the third year, but then I felt that it was something that I find I could find myself doing in the future because I, for some reason, I really liked it and it was really fundamental for from what I looked at compared to like the other courses. So that was something that really attracted me and. I just looked at like, if you just look around you, like at this point of time, like anything that you touch is a material and there is something that has been gone, something that it has gone through to arrive at its final state. 
and that kind of always fascinated me and uh, that's what dragged me towards materials and especially it was the third i didn't know until third year like you know materials could be really fascinating it was during the um, third year when we did the um, mechanical engineering science 7 i guess yeah in which we had the we had we had dr rayhan teaching the finite elements analysis like that yeah, kind of yeah. really that kind of really pulled me towards that side i mean he taught i remember he taught us uh, the dynamics also uh but i didn't really yeah. like the dynamics but then like i just really lo- uh, loved finite element and like because it really was uh, like i could really uh, compare it because you are doing something that you're simulating something that is taking place in uh, real and that was kind of uh, attractive and it's it was also kind of uh, a bit fundamental which uh, i like and uh, yeah that's what pulled me um, towards that uh, side and obviously there was also some subjects with uh, dr fadi you, uh, you will know and he was kind of an all-rounder i would say and because he knew almost all the fields like he had an expertise in almost all the four fields of fluids solid thermodynamics and dynamics and he was someone also like who uh, when we did some subjects uh, in the me- the mechanical engineering science 8 uh, taught by him there was a bit more of materials and like you know how it reacts with temperature and stuff and that uh, after doing that it was like a no brainer that i would go into materials in uh, my final year specializing that and i took my thesis topic as also um, dissertation if you want to call it in the final year also in the field of materials so yeah that's what it is it it was during the third year that uh, i decided it's going to be towards the, something related to materials or you know mechanics side so when when you decided you wanted to do a masters i know you've worked for a year after you graduated but when you mm-hmm. decided that you wanted to do masters uh why did you decide on going to sweden like was there any other option or was it your only option uh before let's say let's keep sweden for a bit later because i i feel we are skipping a lot of what happened in that two three years uh two years i guess um so obviously additive manufacturing was something that got me interested and you know uh thanks to max generation cd who gave us uh, an opportunity to work in the field and then once we got back uh, to year 4 we did a project on 3d printing right? so that's again thanks to you know fakhni and imansa and you know there was axel also from imansa who gave us the project so this kind of you know attracted me towards the design simulation Printing side. So I, before planning, I never had a plan of working 
after completing my masters i i was always interested in continuing to study um i applied to one place uh, in germany and that was the only place that i applied to and it was in uh, computational mechanics i did not get in so i didn't have any option so that was when i started working at uh, imensa and uh, i did an internship first then i started working over there and that sucked me even into more into the field of additive manufacturing because imensa was doing a lot of uh, different stuff they were printing with different kind of polymers and uh, they were planning to move into metal so we received some training for metal and uh, from eos which is like the pioneer of additive manufacturing in the powder based so when i once i received the training and stuff uh, i really got attracted to metal additive manufacturing because i felt like polymer is nice but then the metal is where the challenges are uh, with material development and stuff so i looked up at universities uh, in europe it was mostly in europe and some in the uk and i found uh, chalmers and uh, they have a good they have a good uh, additive manufacturing research group and they focused on metals so it was a no brainer i was like chalmers is going to be one option and uh, i i you know i was again uh, close to making the same mistake of just choosing one university so but but i chose it anyways because it, even you applying to sweden you could you could choose four universities so it's like from most preferred to least preferred options uh like in i know chalmers not many people know chalmers uh, like kth is more known so when i was telling i was going to apply to sweden people were like uh, are you going to apply for kth i was like uh, for materials i was like not really and they were like shocked to know because they were looking at the name of the university whereas i was looking at what i'm going to do in that place and i looked at the courses so it's not just about the rank it's about where you're going to feel comfortable and if they are doing uh, research that is interesting to you so i chose only chalmers because you could list four of them I just chose Chalmers and it was just materials engineering and I just applied and uh, then I got like you know feedback of no you need to apply to more places then I applied to three other places and I got into two of them uh, but I got into Chalmers also so I just decided to come to Chalmers and here I am it's been one year and close to 11 days yeah i'm i'm sure everyone would prefer to always apply to his for or his or her like first or prefer, most preferred um university or position and they would be happy if they're not like uh working on other applications but it worked out in the end and you're there yes. so how would you describe living in sweden as compared to like the countries you've lived in like the united arab emirates and india uh sweden is how can i say it doesn't i can't describe it in one word that can justify living here but 
I just like the entire experience. Uh, I like the people. I like the system. The weather is nice. Not in the entire Sweden. It depends where you are in Sweden because it's a really huge country which is long. It spreads up all the way to Arctic. So if you go to the north, it will be really cold. Um, but I live in Gothenburg and it's really nice. It's a kind of an industrial uh, city, not too crowded. Um, I really enjoy the place and the university. The people, the Swedish people are like really nice. I was kind of shocked to see how can, how, how can a person be so nice? The first day I arrived here, so me and there was one more of my, uh, another guy that I met on a plane that, uh, I mean, they had to go to the same place. Uh, it was just a random uh, encounter. So, we were kind of lost in between and then like, you know, like people just went out of the way to like, you know, come and help you because when you go and ask, they're like, oh, where do you need to go and all the stuff, the bus drivers were like helpful. Uh, not the random people that I met on the road, they were kind of helpful. Uh, they just go out of your way to help you. They wanted you to feel comfortable. And the major uh, advantage was everyone, most of them spoke English. So that was really kind of helpful in navigating uh, in the beginning few days. So it's a good experience. And my before even going, I spoke to my grandfather and he has encountered, uh, he has lived most of his life, or not most, the majority of his life in uh, UAE and he has in, encountered like some Swedish Norwegian people so he told like they are really nice and uh, you will like it over there so I took his word for it and I guess he was right uh, so yeah. yeah I'm sure every every international moving to a country would find it very very helpful or would find it nice to like get help from everyone or like People, random people they see on the on the streets. Yeah, yeah so you feel it feels nice like when you are in a new country and people are welcoming and you're not like looked upon. Oh, here comes another international. It it doesn't happen that much uh, here or didn't happen to me at least uh, over here. And comparing life to UAE and India. Um, so UAE obviously you know the weather it's really extreme uh, and it's not so extreme here so that's one thing India is okay India it's more of a tropical uh, place uh, India is so vast I could say speak only for my place it's more more of tropical and it's like you know raining sometimes in the monsoons and stuff but it doesn't change a lot but Sweden, like, you know, we have four distinct seasons. So that is really nice. And, uh, obviously I miss the food uh, from UAE and India. Because in UAE you have different kinds of cuisines, uh, which you can experience. And it is authentic cuisine. Uh, they don't change the flavor to suit the local people, uh, which I think is being done a lot. Uh, in European countries and things don't taste the same anymore. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I would say I would I would agree. Like over here, it's the same thing. But it uh, just yeah, it's I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, like we know, like they are from India and from Arab countries, but like you know, the majority of the people who are gonna go eat there are not from these two places, at least. So they have to tune it to t- uh, suit their taste. Whereas in like UAE or India, it's not like that. Like because if it's gonna be an Indian restaurant, you know that most of the Indians you know, would go and eat there. If it's a Pakistani, most of the Desi people go eat there. If it's Arabic, it's gonna be Arabic people going and eating there. So they don't have to change it. They know that if they sell the same thing, they're gonna get the customers back. But you can't expect, like you know, have uh, Indian restaurant at the spiciness level and expect like a European person to go eat there because they have. They are not used to that kind of spices, and you know, it cannot be so good on your uh, digestive system. Yeah, but <laughs> moving moving away from food, how do you think your career perspectives are in Sweden? I see it is a really good place for a materials engineer or like anyone who's a mechanical engineer. Because that was one of the things that I looked when I was shortlisting the universities, and they have a quite a lot of uh, industries here. Like they have a lot of automotive companies here, uh, a lot of tool manufacturing, a lot of materials manufacturing uh, companies here, um, a lot of steel uh, producers. Um, they're not. They can't meet in the like production volume of like you know other big countries like you know like even Germany is like one of the big uh, steel producers, but they they are more focused on like you know specialized steels for like you know different applications because you know steel is really vast so you can have different uh, properties, different mechanical properties, different chemical properties. So they are more focused on the specialized steel. And it was, it is also a kind of innovative uh, country and like you get chance to like, you know, start your own uh, company if you have a really good idea. And, uh, it's really nice. And I would say there are quite a few opportunities here. Um, at least in my field. And, uh, that's how I see it. And also there's less, uh, hierarchy in the organizations. So, that is something that I have felt it really here because you could, there are sometimes you have this career fairs that happening, uh, and when you go there, it's like you have people who are like a ma- high level manager of that particular department who is like coming and talking to you and like you just look at him, he's just like a normal guy, like wearing t-shirt and jeans and you'll be surprised to know that, okay, this is like a really high level senior guy you're talking to and he knows his stuff uh, which was kind of a different feeling um, when compared to the career fairs in UAE where you go you just meet people from HR and you ask engineering questions and they you look at their blank faces sometimes and be like okay what's going on but then here like if you're a materials engineer and you go to the company in a career fair, you you can expect to find a materials engineer, or if not, at least an engineer who works in a similar field who will be able to answer your questions. So yeah, a lot of companies, a lot of variety of companies, 
uh, and a lot of innovative companies in Sweden. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm sure um, people who are listening to this and are interested to like go to Europe. It's it's really like it's really nice when you find a place that's actually welcoming you to the job or like they they're actually interested in in hiring you or working with you in the future. It's so sometimes you're living in countries that don't actually push that thing, and I find it really wonderful what they do over here in Europe. So how does how does that mentality over here affect your five year plan or ten year plan? Uh, yeah, uh, I would. I mean, I I really like the country. So if I get like you know an opportunity to stay back, like for example, um, research job or like again, I'm more inclined to like you know doing research. So it's kind of a PhD, either university or um company i would like to stay um and like you know complete it obviously that will be like my five year plan because it takes five year to complete a phd so the next 10 year plan would be like you know after completing the phd like you know get some more industrial experience or more experience in my field so i see myself living here uh, in sweden if not Sweden, at least Scandinavia, because I've been um, to one of the countries and I've met people from another other country. Um, it feels nice. Mentality is a bit similar, and industries are nice. So I would I see myself living here for over the next five to ten years, doing something, some kind of research work in. Materials, especially metallic materials, let me clarify. I just think that, you know, metals are something that can be constantly be improved. No offense like polymers, but it just feels that metals are my thing and I just need to do something in it. Uh, improve properties or find novel materials to something that can, you know, improve. Uh, something in the field so yeah mm-hmm. i i would agree on the scandinavia country's part like i i if i if i had the chance to actually live there i would uh, i would just take it because i've been there once and i just fell in love like you know when you fall in love at at first sight that's what yeah. happened to so i remember i remember seeing you because uh, i came to pick you up right and I remember saying, uh, getting you getting out of the bus. It was like what, uh, three, four in the morning, or five in the morning, and you were like, "Dude, I love Sweden." That these are the, like the first three words you told as long as as soon as you get out of the bus. You didn't even ask how are you. You told this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It's it's basically it's different. Like uh, living in Germany is nice and everything, but I, I don't know. It's the the weather the air I don't know what it was to be honest like I just fell in yeah. love that that was my first reaction to because like you know I got off the I got I got down in Gothenburg and then like I take you take a bus to the city so when I was taking this bus to the city I was like I just don't I didn't know this place it, it felt different like 
you know the like the vibe like you get vibe when you go to different places it was just really nice that i liked uh, the country for some reason yeah yeah, yeah. we so, i don't know why but i just liked it i mean everyone i think everyone who goes to scandinavian countries would fall in love as well mm-hmm. so we're we're at the end of this podcast this episode i mean uh so ferdan thank you very much for your insightful words and advices do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners so one thing i mean few things is one, i've already told one like uh don't try to delay things uh if you have something to do just do it it can be anything it can be your university work or like you know uh some other work that you have to do asking someone something if you have any uh misunderstanding just do it that's one um second thing is uh try to analyze stuff like if you have to do if you want to take a new job or if you want to choose a thesis topic if you want to choose life partner if you want to choose a university analyze your options see what's the best thing you can that you can get out of it what's the worst thing you can get out of it and see analyze it and and see if you could live with the worst thing and uh, things like that so you would that those things like that really help you uh, narrow the point or narrow the option and choose one uh third thing is uh, uh you know like all these things that keep going around like you know don't generalize people i would say based on a nationality uh, culture or religion uh, I used to I used to have like a general idea before uh, like when I was in school and stuff but then like that whole thing changed because when once you meet the people once you meet different people you realize that there is no uh there is nothing uh for you to generalize in terms of gender religion or culture <laughs> there are only two types of people good and bad people and they can be in from any culture any religion any gender so don't generalize people and yeah three things um three broad things for you to consider after listening it's interesting definitely wonderful advice from you so thank you again for your insightful words and advices and experience um to those of you who are, who are watching don't forget to like this video or episode i don't know if, if you can even like it on spotify but like subscribe to the youtube channel and leave a comment just say whatever comes to your mind and we hope to see you on our next season we're going to be posting uh like a an update video about what's going to happen and another video on or like or what's it like why did we start why did we start this uh, podcast and why why we won't ever stop <laughs> so even if you like even if you don't like what we're doing it's never going to stop 
But anyways, we hope that you like it and we hope that you like whatever whatever we're going to come up with in the next season. So thank you all for um, staying with us during this season and during our initial phase. And we hope to see you in the next one.